Can you remember how it was when you first got saved? Do you remember the freedom that you felt, the burden that was lifted off of you? Do you remember when you realized your sins were cast into the depths of the sea? Do you remember? Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as today. We continue our series from Galatians 4, A Threefold Appeal. And Pastor, uh, there may be some who heard what you just asked and said, I do remember what that was like. That was such a joyful experience. That was such a freeing experience. I felt light, but I don't feel that anymore. Can I ever get that back? Of course you can. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, the first church is the church at Ephesus. And Ephesus had lost their first love. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I mean, I've lost mine uh, over and over and over again, you know, working in ministry. Ministry is tough. And so what happens is sometimes you carry loads to the cross, and then when you leave, you pick them up and put them back on your back, you know? Yeah. I mean, it happens to everyone, Steve. And so I remember the zeal that I had, wow, of my first love. You know, the songwriter said this way, I looked at my hands and my hands looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Uh, well, then I started looking at them and they began to look like they used to look, <laughs> yeah. you know, all ugly and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's because uh, sometimes what happens to us is we don't maintain uh, that fellowship and we lose some of that excitement of being in close fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so what did uh, the writer of the book of Revelation, John, say? He said, the first thing I want you to do is to repent, which means then there's some things uh, that I picked up along the way sure. yeah. that I had dropped. You yeah. know, he's not my priority like he used to be. You know, I'm not sharing as openly. I've become a secret agent Christian or something of that nature. Then he says, well, you know, get rid of that, you know, then remember, you know, remember the first love, remember the excitement. And then he says, redo, start doing the first works over. They came to Elisha and they said, we lost our hammer. He said, where did you lose it? Very profound. Go back to where you lost it. And we can all take a stroll down memory lane and we can say, You know, I used to do this, and I don't do that anymore. Could that be a reason why I feel so distant from God? And remember, if you feel distant from God, he hasn't moved. Right. All right? And so then he says, there'll be restoration. He says, I'm going to restore you. So you do what you're supposed to do. And then God will do what you can't do. He'll restore all of that will come back to you. Hmm. Well, I hope that as you've been listening to the uh, past couple of moments, it's been an encouragement to you. And we're going to continue to be encouraged from Galatians chapter 4. So grab a Bible and join us there as we continue the message, A Threefold Appeal. Here is Pastor Ford. We have saw and we studied it's a threefold argument. It's first of all an argument from what? What was the first one? What was the first one? An argument from freedom. Freedom. That Christ has set you free. 
and uh, we should not put ourselves back into bondage. I remember a brother who was here and uh, we had led him to Christ, wondrously saved and uh, growing in the grace. Then he uh, up in Jewel, he met somebody in the parking lot who was part of a cult. And they began to tell him, listen, listen, uh, you, you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? And he told him, he said, that's the first step. You got seven more to go. So then they asked for his phone number and address and he gave them to him. That afternoon or that evening when he came home from work, they were waiting on him. And they said, we know that, that God has his hand on you and we wanted you to have real salvation. And so we came. And here's the thing. He said, you know what? They'd been to my house the first day they met me. No one from South Shore Baptist, that's our old name, came to my house. Not even you, Pastor. And they invited me to dinner. So they took me out and fed me. You, you remember what we studied last week? What did we say? That they do these things so they can put you in bondage and make you the slave. Let me give you a long story short. This actually happened. So he decided he was going to go downtown to where they worship. And, uh, you know, I went and tried to make an appeal to him and everything. And he said, see, you come to my house because you're trying to get me back. No, I'm trying to keep you from getting in the bondage, man. This is bondage here. This is a cult. Well, no, they're, well, they're a kind cult. So long story short, they began to tell him how much money to give. Then they told him this is the person that God said you're supposed to marry. And so they picked out his wife and picked her for him. And when he told me, I'm getting ready to get married, you got to come to the wedding. No, I'm not coming. When he told me they picked his wife, I said, man, what do you mean? They know, God told them, they got discernment, we're going to make it. They didn't stay married a year. And I said, man, they've taken away your liberty. Can't you see that? Okay, now he's no longer married. He's no longer in that church. He's disillusioned and doesn't even want anything to do with the church at all. And I say, remember, the church you were in was the church that told you about your freedom in Christ. You know, and so, uh, you know, it, it happens all the time. Then he had an argument from fellowship. He talked about the spiritual connection, the social connection, and the physical connection. He used these things to say, hey, we are members one of another. We are connected. We should not be going through this argument about what you have in Jesus Christ. Here's the last one. The argument from fervency. He's going to talk about their love connection. Now we're going to go through 12 through 20 and I'm going to show you uh, what Paul is doing here. You say it's an argument from affection. It's a personal argument. Now here's what's important to understand. He doesn't start with a personal argument. He starts with a preceptual argument. Why? Because it has to be based on the word of God and not the will of men. So he, he, he argues from the greatest to the lesser. But now it's about to get personal. So notice what Paul does as he makes this appeal. The first part of his personal appeal has to do with perspective. What does it have to do with? Perspective. Listen to what he says. 
uh, brethren, verse 12, brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. Now, here's, here's his argument. He's saying that we got to get personal about this uh, because there is a personal element uh, to what transpired with you as believers. So here's what he's saying in verse 12. I want you to try to see it from my perspective as opposed to your perspective. He's saying, put yourself in my place, walk in my shoes. Why? Because how you see the problem often is the problem. And so Paul is saying to them, listen, you try to relate to me like I tried to relate to you. So what's Paul making a reference to? I became as you. Paul was saying, listen, whenever it's personal because I led you to Christ, and when I came into you Gentiles, you know that I'm Jewish. But I related to you on a Gentile level so that I could communicate the good news of Jesus Christ to you. So that now, since I put myself in your place, so he presented a gospel, the gospel to them in a manner in which they could comprehend it. Let me just say this, by the way, uh, for, for those of us who like to share our faith in Jesus Christ, always try to find out where somebody is before you start hitting them upside the head with the Bible. Try to find out where they are. Yeah, because, you know, if we always start where we want to start, some people will disconnect because we're not even trying to relate to them. Now, I'm not saying be like the brother who said, uh, you know, I said, man, you're smoking reef. You ain't supposed to be smoking reef. Well, Paul said to the Jew, I became a Jew that I might win the Jews. And so all I'm trying to do is win them. I said, all you're trying to do is get high. You ain't trying to win nobody. You know, but what's he saying? Relate to people. And so he says, I came in, I relate. Now I want you to return the favor. I want you to relate to me to try to get on the same level that I'm on. Uh, a man was on a plane uh, heading back home with his three kids. They were a little disruptive until finally a lady behind said, sir, would you do something with your kids? I mean, they're doing things like kicking my seat. You don't seem to be paying very much attention to them. And uh, I'd appreciate it if you would do something. He said, oh, ma'am, I'm sorry. I'll get them under control. You see, we just left uh, the funeral of uh, their mother and my wife. And so we're all kind of distraught. And, you know, and, and so it was like, you know, the, the woman realized, you know, you you made a, a decision about something and you don't even know what's going on with folk. Hey, can I can I really try to apply this to us? What Paul was saying before you make a judgment about why somebody is doing what they're doing. Would you try to put yourself in their place? Will you try to see things from their perspective? How are you going to do that? You know a very simple way? Ask somebody what's going on. Yeah, ask them. Oh, you seem to be a little distracted. You seem to be a little short. Everything okay? Well, no, I just got diagnosed with cancer. Boy, that sure puts a, a different perspective on it instead of walking away saying, that's a rude, ignorant person. Find out what's going on with them. Amen. And that's what Paul was doing here. He's saying, listen, I need to find out what's going on. So he does two things here in verse 12. He says, 
you've had a good model. Now, let me tell you my motivation. Listen to what he says. He says in verse 12, you have not injured me at all. I, you know, I was, I was saying, now, wait a minute, Paul. What do you mean they haven't injured you at all? He was saying, I came in. I modeled before you the good news of Jesus Christ, the freedom that you have in Christ. You accepted it and you did not do anything to damage me at all. Now, let me tell you what I think Paul was doing. He's trying to get them to see what his motivation is. Because what do you think the Judaizers are saying? Judaizers are saying the very thing that Paul is saying about them. So Paul is, is once again saying, look, my motivation for dealing with this doesn't have anything to do with anything that you've done against me. This is not a reaction. You, you know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I tell the staff all the time, listen, you have to tell people why. Tell, if, if you tell a person, you know, you can't do such and tell them why. Because that gives them clarity, that gives them comprehension to where they're not thinking, oh, this person think they run this place or something. It's like they just pontificate and they just, you know, no. Why? We need to do that with our children too, don't we? We need to do that with our children. Why? Why? So then Paul then is speaking from perspective. This is Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called A Threefold Appeal. And we're going to pause right here, but we'll get back to this message from Galatians 4 in just a moment. You know, if you are a regular listener to this program, you know that Pastor Ford is passionate about marriage and relationships, so much so he's written a number of books on that topic. And you can check those out when you come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the link that says Books by Pastor Ford. You'll find that on the left-hand side of the homepage, and you can see the different books available as a paperback or in an ebook format. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. Now, what is perspective? It has to do with how you view something. Everybody has perspectives on things, and we need to come together so that we can get on the same page. And that's what he's trying to do. Here's the second one, here's the second one. So this argument from affection starts with perspective. Here's the second one, verse 13, preaching, preaching. Notice what he says. You know how through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you at the first. So, so now Paul is talking about the way he preached. Okay, so Paul, I don't understand it. Why are you going to focus in on uh, the way, and, and by the way, let me just say this by way of digressing. Here's what Paul was doing. We see he's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember what happened when I first preached the gospel to you. I want to reiterate that experience so that we can recapture what was lost. Let me say it again. And listen, if you're backslidden in any way, 
Let's say, you, you know, you and your boo don't have the love that y'all used to have. When people come in for counseling, and I'm trying to be discerning, uh, sometimes what I'll do is this. They'll, they'll be like, and I, and I say, uh, hold up a minute, folk. Hold up a minute, folk. Uh, we need to do something real quick. I want to do something. So what's that? How long you guys been married? <sighs> 13 long years. You know, 13 is an unlucky number. I want you to do something for me. I want you to go back. And I want you to remember when you first met, when you got married, and you were really in love. Tell me about it, sir. Tell me about her and what drew you to her, what you liked about her. And the tone will often soften and you'll go back and say such and such and such and such. And she was this and that. And, but now, no, no, I don't want to hear now. I want you to tell me as much as you can. about. And he, he'll talk five, ten minutes, whole tone, face changes, everything. I said, now tell me about, oh, he was this, that, and the other. You know, why, why are we going back? Do you remember what God said to Israel when they were wandering the wilderness and getting ready to go into the promised land? What word, like when you look at Psalm 105, 106, 107, what word is there more than any other word other than, you know, prepositions and all that? What word that starts with R? Remember. 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 Man, Paul is following the example of his God. Hey, can you remember how it was when you first got saved? Do you remember the freedom that you felt, the burden that was lifted off of you? Do you remember when you realized your sins were cast into the depths of the sea? Now, do you remember? I mean, do you remember? You know, it's like, it's like I tease people. Uh, I, was, I was teasing uh, uh, the Williams. When they first came here to Christ Bible Church, man, they were like, you know, this is good stuff because they had been in bondage for 25 years and they had been set free. And so they loved the expositional preaching, teaching the word of God. And so they, they tried to talk me into starting a Friday Bible study. I said, well, you know what? I'll start a Bible study on Friday when the one on Wednesday is filled up. No, no, we, we, and then, and then about two years went by and I didn't see him in Bible study. And I said, I don't see you in Bible study. What's going on? Oh, kind of busy. And so I took him back. I said, remember two years ago when you first came here, tried to get me to start a Bible study on Friday. Then I'd have been the only one coming. They came back to Bible study. He said, man, that was convicting. Yeah, because I did remember. And that's what God wants us to do. Paul says, look, I want to take you back when I first came in and preached the gospel to you. How receptive you were to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That my preaching, now get the argument now. They're coming in and they're preaching another gospel. He said that chapter one, it's another gospel. You know, we need to do what? Let me just tell you this here. Look at Jude. Look at Jude. Let me tell you what they failed to do. And this is something that um, I started to say Jude chapter 2, but you know there's no chapter 2 to Jude. Listen to what he says. He says, 
Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Christ Jesus and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, listen to this, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Why? Reason. Verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. See what he's saying? He's saying, listen, when I came in and preached that gospel unto you, I desired to know nothing save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I preached. People ask me all the time. Pastor, uh, do you preach the full gospel? I say, yes, I do. And, and then they'll challenge me. What is it? I say, okay, here's the full gospel. Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, became a man, hung, bled, and died on an old rugged cross, rose again the third day, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us according to the will of God, Hebrews 7.25, our soon coming king. It doesn't get any fuller than that. That's the full gospel. As a matter of fact, you can truncate it because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, for I delivered unto you that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, that he rose again according to the scripture. Here's what they failed to do. Now listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Paul brings in preaching and teaching. I know you can watch it on TV. I do it myself. I am a preacher who loves the word of God. Like most people listen to music, I listen to sermons. And so I eat the meat and I spit out the bones. And sometimes you ain't got nothing but fat and gristle. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called A Threefold Appeal. And I hope that as you've been listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, you've been finding a lot of meat, that what you've been hearing has been helping you grow in your walk with Christ. We recently heard from a listener out in Nevada who says, I love, love, love listening to Pastor Ford. I've told my family members, in New Jersey and North Carolina about what an anointed pastor and order that he is. Pastor Ford brings forth the word in truth. Now, there are preachers out there that are afraid to speak the word of truth out of fear of losing membership. But Pastor Ford's sermons have uplifted and enriched me in my Christian walk. And I thank God for him and his ministry and for Treasure Truth Radio. Well, thank you for letting us know that you're out there, that you're listening, and that this program is making a difference in your walk with Christ. If we've never heard from you before, today'd be a great day to come to treasuretruthradio.org. Click on the contact link. Let us know where you're listening, maybe why you're listening, and if this program has made some sort of difference in your life, help you understand a certain passage of the Bible or bring some healing into your marriage or another relationship. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the contact link. You know, this is all made possible because of the generosity of those who believe in this ministry. And if you are listening and you are growing and it is making a difference, I want to ask you to give a gift today. Simply come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the link that says make a donation. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks for praying for us and for your support. I also want to thank our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. 
Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.